You're now listening to the Stronger Inside Podcast, where we break down all things regarding health, fitness, and wellness to help you improve your mind, body, and environment. And now, your host, Wayne, a.k.a. Workout with Wayne, and Ernest, a.k.a. Mr. 100 Pounds Down. Welcome back to Stronger Inside Podcast, episode 17. Sometimes we like to cover things, documentaries, movies, TV shows, reality shows that are within this health and fitness space. So mm-hmm. today we're going to, we, we did a Secret Eaters before. I hope right. uh, that was, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, yeah. And I know a lot of people could relate to that. So Maybe not as many people can relate to this, but more people have probably seen this show than Secret Eaters. So what are we going to discuss today, Ernest? So today we're going to talk about The Biggest Loser. Yeah. In particular, the reboot, they did a new season in 2020. They took a couple years off. Uh, it was a really popular show when it first debuted. And this type of show is what TV's all about. <laughs> you get the you get all the human aspects, the drama, the, the tear jerkers, the, you know, the joy, the pain. You get all of that good stuff in this type of show. And I found myself having a, an emotional reaction to their stories from their, their triumphs, um, their successes, and then their, just some of the emotional pain that you could feel come through the screen. It was actually my first time ever watching a full season of, of this show. I've seen bits and pieces before. Yeah. Um, I think when it was on a different network and uh, with Julianne Huff, I believe that name. Is that the one of the... Uh, uh, no. No, not, not Huff. That's Dancing with the Stars, I think. So. <laughs> you all, but the it, wrong show, man. Yeah, what, what was, what was uh, it? Uh, Michaels. Jillian Michaels. Jillian Michaels. Excuse me. Yeah, Jillian Michaels. I remember uh, just watching a couple episodes and seeing her on a couple just clips and bits, but really sitting down and really getting into the show. I mean, this was, uh, it was, it was interesting um, how they went about it. Yeah. If anybody's unfamiliar with the show, they take, and this, this show they had, was it 12, 12 contestants over, I want to say 11 weeks. And Mm -hmm. what they did was there was a, what was the grand prize? A hundred thousand dollars. A hundred thousand. It was a hundred thousand dollars. And the winner was determined by who lost the highest percentage of their body weight. Okay. Yeah, so they, they did that to keep, keep the uh, playing field equal. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's different heights and genders and people all involved in this show. So, uh, was, I mean, just to give people an idea, uh, we'll, we'll, I'll run down some of the starting weights to get an idea of the contestants in this show. Uh, there's a guy, Jim, he was 385. A uh, guy, Micah, three. 26, uh, Kyle, 302, Megan, 290, Terry, 256, Christy, 264, Robert, 409, Phi, 357, Kim, 242, Katarina, 293, Dom, 323, and Dolores, 280. So, this is a this is a, a category of people who really need to make a change. Uh, I don't have the ages right here in front of me. Um, there, there's varying ages, but 
when, when, when you're at that size, it's, it's time to make a change. And I know you can relate to that somewhat, Ernest. What did, what did you see maybe early on and kind of seeing in the, 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 the first episodes and how these people are adjusting to the, their, new, their, their, their new path, their journey? So, the, uh, so just to go back to your, your first point about the ages, so I believe the youngest contestant was Micah. He was 23. And the oldest contestant was Kim, and she was 58. But early on, what I saw that was interesting is they kind of uh, they all kind of sat them together in a room, and they went over their um, medical. Because before they come in, everybody gets tested, right? So they do blood work, um, cholesterol checks, all this, all these different things. And so they go around the room, and they start telling everybody, you know, based off of your based off of your your blood work. You got high cholesterol. Based off of uh, these tests, we can tell that you're pre-diabetic. Based off of these tests, we can tell that you're type 2 diabetic. At your weight currently, you, are, you have a 90% greater rate to be struck with some type of illness due to your size, right? So um, heart disease, heart attacks, uh, strokes, those types of things, all these things can are reversible if you you know, make the change now and do the things that you need to do. And so that really kind of hit home because that's kind of where we were in the, in the beginning. It was like, like this, this is, this is the path you're going down. You don't want to have to deal with these things in the future. You might not be dealing with them now, but they're knocking on your door. So this is the path. These are the things that you want to do in order to make that change for yourself. And so that conversation with that group of people, I can, I, I can look at each and every one of them and see how it kind of hit them and how it affected them and how they didn't want to be that anymore. And so from that moment on, I could kind of see a fire lit in a lot of the contestants. And so, and that's when you kind of started gravitating towards, you know, rooting for certain people and really wanting to succeed. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They had to let them know where they were. This this was this is not a uh, a vanity issue. This is this is your overall health. So a lot of these people were were like you said they 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 were they were on the verge of self destruction. <laughs> yeah. So uh, just kind of seeing that and having that eye opening experience to say, hey, this is where you are. And a lot of them knew that. A lot of them were aware of that. You know, it wasn't it wasn't a, a surprise. But I think. Sometimes when you put something off for so long and then you're like, all right, now I, I have to do something. I have to do it. You know, it, it's time to put the work in. And that's when a lot of those emotions start to come up. But yeah, with, with that part, but this show has got a lot of flack in the past. And the show has got a lot of flack in the past because of, uh, I guess, the methods, the methods of how these contestants lose weight. We're not going to spoil it for anybody if they do want to watch it. But, of course, all these clients lose a lot of weight. How much is a lot? <laughs> they lose a lot of weight, but in the sh- it's, and it's not a lot in terms of uh, over a lifetime, but it, they lose a lot of weight in a short span because it's 11 mm-hmm. weeks. So right. we have somebody who loses 144 pounds, lose 99 pounds, 86 pounds, 83 pounds, 83 pounds, 70 pounds, 73 pounds, 48 pounds, 17 pounds. Ugh, I don't know how hard she was working. <laughs> 38 pounds, 64 pounds, 50 pounds, 36 pounds. So 
in this short amount of time, that's a lot of weight lost. And where the show gets a lot of flack is that's just not natural. You're not going, it, it, there's a lot of extreme tactics that have gone into this uh, with those weigh-ins. And hopefully anybody watching this realizes that this is uh, entertainment. These are real people, they're not actors, but this is entertainment. They do have a more uh, structured environment. They're gonna have, you know, there's, there's, think about how many cameras there are to shoot this show. So, I mean, they have people on standby, whether it be EMTs or whether it be people who can, you know, tape up an ankle or whatever. So they're, they're really pushing to get the max results so that they can pretty much have the, the max results and get people to really buy in and get the drama and say, wow, that's amazing. But the unfortunate part is some people may, some people may look at their own journey and say, well, you know, why haven't I lost this much weight in this short amount of time? I'm not working hard or something like that. And that's just not the case. Is there anything that you noticed during this season of watching that uh, maybe stood out in terms of in contrast to what you've done? So, yeah, I, when I first started watching, they kind of talked about food, but they never really showed them eating food, right? You never really saw what they ate. You never saw how it was prepared. Where it doesn't they make good all. TV, man. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but you never saw, like, were they preparing their own food or did they eat at a cafeteria with pre, pre-made food? Was it like a buffet where they got to just choose from a different, an assortment of healthy options? You know, so a lot of it was a very, like you said, a very controlled environment, right? So it was, it was losing weight in a vacuum where the outside world can't really affect you. There's no, you can't go, you can't hop in your car and go down the street and get some Ben and Jerry's, right? That that's not an option in this controlled environment. You're not right? seeing Jim bringing the donuts. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Jim's not bringing the donuts. You know, there's no potlucks going on, so we don't got to worry about cats on the counter. We don't got to do any of that type of thing, right? <laughs> so, uh, in that regard, it was like, okay, so I you can definitely see how it is easier in that type of bubble to definitely, um, definitely. right to 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 make these things work if you really want to be there, right? So, and I'm assuming that there's a, a process in which people go through and get vetted, right? So there was a thousand people that auditioned for the show that sent in tapes. A hundred people got called back and got a face-to-face interview. 50 of them got flown out to LA to do some type of meeting. And then, you know, then they narrow it down to 20 and then they narrow it down to the 12, however the process goes, right? Yeah. And so there was a, in order to get into that house, you showed some level of dedication or some level of effort or um, you had a very compelling story to, for them to bring you onto the show over someone else, right? Because yeah. there was undoubtedly, there was a, another person that was weighed more than you or uh, was in a, a more difficult circumstance perhaps, but they chose you, right? So this is an opportunity of a lifetime for you to really jumpstart your health and fitness, health and wellness and fitness, right? So take advantage of it. And in the, and under these extreme circumstances, it's probably the best case scenario for them. So, but I, I found it strange, again, that um, they didn't really talk about food as much. There was a couple um, references to it here and there, like, hey, what are you guys eating for breakfast? Make sure you're logging your food. What are you uh, making better? You got to make healthy choices, this, that, and the third. They gave them uh, strategies for when they go back out into the real world about how to how to handle certain things, which I thought was those things were good. Those those pieces of segments were good. 
in particular, there was uh, they were talking about barbecues and going out to a barbecue. What do what do you do when you go out to a barbecue? And one of the trainers' suggestion would be, if you know you're going to a barbecue, what do you do? One of the contestants responded that, well, if I know I'm going to the barbecue, I don't eat all day. And so when I go to the barbecue, I know I can, you know, have my ribs and my hot dog and my burger and this, that, and the third. He said, well, that's not the best strategy because you're going hungry. When you're hungry, you tend to eat faster and you're not realizing when you're full and now you're overeating, right? So he says, eat something before you go to the barbecue, about an hour or so before you go to the barbecue. So you're not starving when you get there. And then you can, but eat something light. Have he said he would have like a protein drink, maybe a salad or something like that before he goes, or some fruit. And then he goes, so he's not starving when he gets there. And then when he gets there, you know, he can consume food at a normal rate, so he can tell when his when his body is full, and he can you know enjoy his time there, be a part of the celebration or whatever's going on, but not overdo it. And so those are, um, I felt I felt like that was a very good tip and something that, um, you know, they needed. And then to go off of our last episode, there was a contestant who struggled with alcohol. And I mean, we, we talked, and it was it was funny that we talked about it. Last episode, we talked about that, that drink that we had in high school, Four Loco. This guy says he drinks two of those a day. <laughs> just to kind of like numb yeah. the emotional strains of being overweight and then, you know, kind of the family trauma and things that he had going on in his life. He and so it was drinking on a budget. Yeah. And it was just like everybody was kind of like shocked. Like, cause he said it like in the group setting, and everybody was like, that's like drinking, you know, eight cans of beer, you know, a day. Like that's you like that's something you really want to work on. And so it was just seeing the the mental and emotional struggles that they had outside of their weight and them having to overcome those in order to get their weight in check, right? And so I believe some of the bigger numbers that you read off as far as the weight loss, those are the people who really overcame those mental struggles, yeah, right? Definitely. Because that's going to be the biggest part of this process for anybody is getting it between their ears that this is what they need to do and this is how to do it the right way, right? And this is how I need to be regimented in order to do it consistently for an extended period of time in order to see the results that I want. And then once I get the results that I want, how do I maintain those results? And that's another thing about this program too, is it's like 11 weeks in this bubble, and then you get to go home for a little while and kind of continue on the process before they bring you back for the finale. But when I know I'm going to come back on the show, Right. So they send you home for a little while after 11 weeks, and then they bring you back for the finale to see who lost the most weight, uh, even even when you're at home. And knowing you're going to be on the show kind of kind of keeps that mindset in you. Right. And it kind of keeps you going. But how do you do after the finale? What, what are you doing after that? What have you learned in order to take you to that next step where you can continue health and wellness for your life that you can instill in your in your children? that you can instill in your spouse, that you can instill in your friends, right? How do you, like we said on this podcast, we want to change your mind, body, and your environment. So what have you learned that can really manifest in your environment? Yeah. Yeah, no, what you said is, is true, that you're not going to over, your body's not going to change until your mind changes. And that was a huge part of this whole show. Changing the body quickly is actually more harmful than changing over a long span of time. You know, I'm going to be critical of this show. This type of weight loss needs to be done over a year 
over 14 months, minimum eight months at least, right? So if, if somebody's to lose 100 pounds, it, it needs to be longer than 11 weeks because your brain is playing catch up to your body. Your habits are playing catch up to your body and your environment, the people around you. They were removed from their environment. They slowly got put back in. So their environment hasn't even changed and caught up to their body yet. So with them having so much quick success, and then they have to be thrust back into regular life, real life, it does them a disservice because they don't fully have the skill set yet. And you know they, they've shown that they can do it with extreme monitoring and extreme motivation i mean what else would motivate you so much i mean you're on a tv show you're you're gonna push and thousand dollars is the yeah the the money the monetary factor as well but just in terms of you know if you're a competitive person or the image that you want to portray to the world that's going to watch this for years to come so all that's there but then at some point the lights go off the show's over And if you are still really close to the person you were when the show started 11 weeks prior, that's when the weight gain comes back. And there's a lot of contestants from previous seasons who have regained their weight. And I would say that's the number one reason. Uh, And it's not to say that these people don't know how to coach people to weight loss. It's just what happens is the Hollywood factor takes over and we're trying to do something that's not, it just shouldn't be done this way. But because you can't, or you can, but they don't want to film for eight months, 12 months. They want to film for this short amount of time. They want to get this drastic change. And then, unfortunately, these people don't have the skills. And like I said, everything's playing catch up to their body. So that's something that, that you've kind of experienced to where you've done it the right way. But have you ever ran into anybody who's been critical or maybe unimpressed with the length of time it's taken you? Because I'm pretty sure when you people ask you how much weight you've lost, the second question is, how long has it taken you or when did you start, right? You know what? I have never had that question yet. No one's ever been uh, critical of how long. Yeah, so the comments normally were, you know, oh, e, you look like you're slimming down. Oh, yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm down about 20 pounds. Oh, really? What are you doing? And then I tell them, diet and exercise. I'm um, just watching, watching what I eat and uh, changing up what I eat, eating cleaner and exercising more regularly. Oh yeah, what else? That's yeah, it. yeah, yeah. yeah so that, that's that's normally what it is. It's like there's got to be more than just diet and exercise. Like, yeah. Well, can, now now do you see why? If they yeah. their experience with diet and exercise, maybe a show like this. Mm-hmm. To where let's talk about the exercise on this show again. They're doing it for Hollywood. They got to get the, I mean, they, what it reminds me of, especially early on, like, you know, first episodes, first couple episodes, this is like when somebody, I don't know what they call it. You might know what they call it. When a person enters the military, person enters the military, then they, they hop off the bus at basic training and then they are on them as soon as they get off the bus. You know what that's called? There's actual phrase for it. It's like, I don't know. It's like, hail mile or I don't know it's something like that to where they they're doing this on purpose to just Mm -hmm. break you down they're there to just break you down so that they can build you up properly they're there Mm -hmm. to remove everything you've ever learned before 
and whatever you coming in there, you want to be cool, you want to be shy, you want to be tough, whatever they, that you came in with before, we're getting all that out of you. They're in your face. They're screaming in your face. They're doing all that stuff. You know, they're nose to nose with you. Mm. It's like on that major pain type stuff, right? They're going crazy, full metal jacket. And that's on purpose. It's a, a mental exercise because I can't get you to where I need to get you if you're still holding on to the stuff that you came in here with. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that, that's what that reminded me of. It, right. Because it's like, and I personally don't think that's necessary but it's necessary for Hollywood to have somebody working out with a bucket next to them because they're about to puke, not necessary to have somebody about to fall off a treadmill to have somebody crawling on their hands and knees. And, you know, they're just looking up at the sky and they're, they're, there's just like, it's no reason to really physically break somebody to that point unless it's for TV. I've never, I've never trained that way. The only time I've trained that way, I'll take that back. Not in a, uh, my goals were not for health or my physique. That was for performance. Mm-hmm. That was for being on a basketball team, being, preparing myself, or who knows, we weren't playing well as a team. And the coach said, all right, well, we're going to run. I remember in high school one time, my coach said, we're going to run till I get tired. <laughs> he wasn't running. he was hanging out with a whistle he said we're gonna run till i get tired and so yeah that's a time where you know somebody might have hit the hit the trash can with the puke or in the preseason and we're and we're working our way to get in shape to play in a season yeah but for somebody to make lifestyle changes it's not necessary and right. what when and the viewer starts to view starts to see that this is something oh maybe this is how you really need to work out and then mm-hmm. even the person involved may start to think that they need to push themselves so hard day in and day out just to get to this average body because the end goal for these people is not to be on the cover of muscle and fitness the end goal for them is not to be on the cover of shape magazine or whatever right the end goal for these people in this contest and this show, their their end goal is just to have a normal body weight. So why would you train like somebody who's preparing for the Olympics when your end goal is just to have a normal body in terms of body weight, body uh, body fat percentage? Maybe their goals will change later on, but we're they're just trying to take people from 300, 400 pounds to 200. 150, 160, whatever, depending on who you are, pounds, right? They're not trying to prepare you for a triathlon. They're not trying to prepare you for uh, a Spartan race. So why push a person who clearly hasn't been doing anything <laughs> this hard? It's not even like you used to, you know, some of these aren't weekend warriors. These people are in a state to where this is a complete shock to their body. They're untrained. Uh, Some of these people who have been obese their whole lives, this is completely new to them, right? So they don't even have a a base in terms of strength, in terms of core strength, pillar strength, uh, joint stability. None of these things are there, even if they weren't that obese. But now you take somebody who is obese, who maybe never have worked out like this before in their lives, and then you put them in this much stress high stress situation it's a lot bit irresponsible and do you uh, think that do you think the methods is intentional not only for tv but 
to push people who are self-proclaimed as lazy, you know, push people who tend to give up on themselves easily, push people who, when, when things get difficult, they would say, ah, I can't do, I don't want to do 12, 12 reps. I'm going to stop at eight because it's tough. You know Not I mean? day one. They've already, they've already done more than they did yesterday by showing up. You see, you see how having the long term in mind, the whole game plan and mm-hmm. giving people slow high fives, slow pats on the back so that they can actually adjust as their body changes, their mentality changes, their self-image changes, and then they can really rev up to some of these challenges. I mean, I don't, I don't need you to, what, one, one episode, they carry bags of chopped wood, carry bags of wood back and forth, or they got rafts going through muddy, shallow puddles. And it's just, it's unnecessary because you don't need to have a, <laughs> a, a marine type introduction to fitness because you're not trying to be a marine, right? I mean, it's not necessary. It's not necessary. Those are some of the challenges, though. So, you know, again, that's but kind it's of for TV. For TV. Right, but, right. but the problem is, it's the detriment to these people. So they, these are, they're going to live these experiences. There's people who've had severe injuries on these shows. Mm-hmm. There's people who've torn calf muscles and hamstrings and, you know, their backs and all these different things because their bodies aren't prepared for this. Yeah. And then you try to psych them up and a- say, push through, push through. You can do it. And then... Hey, let me ask you this. If you're a professional athlete and you get hurt, what's the first thing they do? Stop. Stop doing that. <laughs> Immediately week. stop. These, I'm talking about on the court, on mm-hmm. the field. They're not even trying to finish the play these days. Mm-hmm. I'm done. Come look at me. Call a timeout. Take me to the back. I'm good. Then I'll come back and play. Mm-hmm. But I'm not about to run an extra sprint down this court when something doesn't feel right. And these are the most prepared people on the planet to do that, if anybody mm-hmm. were to do that, right? Right. But you take the people who are the least prepared on the planet to push through an injury and ask them to push through an injury. It's insanity. <laughs> Honestly, it's a little bit, it's a little well, bit that's insane. A diff- that's a different workout program. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and just to see, just to see the, from a trainer perspective. So, so there's two, there's, there's a coaching perspective in terms of the mentality and seeing what, you know, what you're going to put people through and your expectations of them and your approach to them. Uh, and then also there's a trainer view and there's some, there's a lot of, there's some things that they did that were a little bit irresponsible. Um, I know why they did some of these things. For example, there was, I want to say maybe episode three or something they did. Uh, it was the, it was the coach of the red team, Erica, she mm-hmm. was the coach and she had them doing a box jump. Now we just listed off the weights of these people. Some of these people have never been an athlete. Even if they have been an athlete previously, they're not currently athletic. Plyometrics is the last thing you should be doing when it comes to training. I have a pyramid of these things that I, that I stress to my clients. There's, there's pillar strength. There's, there's overall strength. Uh, there's, there's cardio. And then after that, something more explosive, like a, a box jump or an all-out 100% sprint, or a speed skater, or these are things that you should not be doing at a certain weight because what goes up must come down, right? Mm. So you're putting 300 in the air, you got more than 300 coming down because of the impact. Why? 
Why? And and it, it was to and and you know, of course, they Hollywooded it up and they said, well, this is to make you push through and push through your fears. And, you know, if you haven't jumped before, you can do this. You know, they gave him a high five afterwards, but risk reward. And that's something that you do as a trainer. You say risk reward. What do I get out of this? They got a high five, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that, that's not a great reward. We could have found another way to make them feel good about themselves. The risk blowing out an ACL. One of these, uh, I believe one of the women said, I had previous knee injuries. Why have her jump? But you got to do it for TV. You got you to make it exciting. So it's just some of those things to where I, if, if you're a person who's never taken fitness seriously, a person who's never trained with the trainer, a person who's maybe never done a boot camp or anything like that, this show is not an accurate depiction of what fitness is. So please don't let it turn you off or scare you or prevent you from starting. Or if you have started, don't let the intensity of this show make you feel uh, inferior or like you're not working hard because they're, they're doing too much, <laughs> put it that right, way, because, right. of, because of the time and because of the Hollywood factor. Yeah, I'm trying to think of some other things that they've done. I mean, just some of the, uh, the circuits, the cardio circuits, a lot of it doesn't look like it was a... Uh, structured with anything in mind it was just move get you moving get we're gonna move way. for an hour you know we're gonna put an hour on the clock you're gonna do ropes the rower the sprint blah, blah blah and it's just like that's earnest at this point you could do that you've you've done enough training you've done enough exercises and unfortunately you do see people start to do this they go well you know i know how to work out without getting hurt so I can just put together my own program and just do a bunch of stuff. And you see the stuff on social media where they have kind of like these random put together circuits and stuff like that. That's what this, this program looked like. Yeah. It's just like, I mean, it's just a random put together. We're going to do thrusters and you're going to jump around here. Then you're going to do this. And then basically all I want to do is see you sweat, cry, <laughs> possibly vomit, and then we're going to cut the cameras because this is this is what we need. This is the, this is the B-roll. and This is all the footage that we need. So just from from my perspective, that's a place where I don't really think they changed much. They said that they were going to change some things on the show. Mm-hmm. And I don't really think they changed that. And I don't think they can because the stuff that you started off talking about, the nutrition, they're not going to. It's not a food show. And I don't think the show is here to educate people. It's here to entertain people. It's to here to keep you coming back each week. So for you to go over the contestants' macros and to show them the different things that they're doing and get into the details of that, uh, they don't want to. And I'll tell you the, the number one reason why they don't show that. Let me, let me I, I won't tell you. Guess. Guess why they don't show you the food portion. Probably because it's minuscule. It's, they probably got these folks eating 900 to 1,100 calories a, a day. Bingo. Yeah. So they don't want to reveal they was it they're not gonna show you how the sausage is made. Yeah, man. They're not gonna show you that because they're gonna know that it's irresponsible. And they know that they're they're pushing these people so hard, giving them limited amounts of fuel so that week after week they can get five pounds, six pounds, eight pounds, ten pounds. Maybe early on, you know, somebody comes in off the street, you know, they they they've had a lot of uh, high sodium meals and there's water weight that drops and all that good stuff. But 
after week three, whatever, and you're still dropping seven, eight pounds in a week because you're just work, work, work and barely eating, it's irresponsible. And there are a couple moments in the show where we've seen a couple people hit a hard plateau, right? Where yeah. they may have, they might have lost they might have lost one pound or not lost anything, right? Mm-hmm. So in my head, I don't know about you, but I'm probably like, how is that even possible, right? Like, how is that yeah. possible with the, with the amount of with the amount of you know of work they're doing in the gym with the montage of the treadmill yeah. and the rower and the sandbags and all that, and then they are monitoring your food intake by you know i don't know how strict they were with that because it seems like they did have some type of uh maybe freedom with that a little bit Mm -hmm. um but but i'm saying what's on the campus is you know the amount that they eat is one thing but the cleanliness of the food you know having clean food options and healthy choices well i mean they're I don't they're not in a rehab facility. I don't I don't know if they weren't able to drive off the campus, you know. Oh, okay. See what I'm saying? Like I, I'm not sure about that. So it was probably not recommended to eat outside food, but who's to stop you from, from driving? it up? Yeah, well, they, they probably didn't do that. They probably went there to hide it. I don't think they had a DoorDash come to the <laughs> DoorDash come to the campus. They said they said put it put it in in, in a sweet green bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because but my my thing was, wow, this person really wasn't able to lose anything this week. And the reason why is because they broke. They broke. Mm. It's I. This is too much. Um, is this is extreme restriction and I'm going to boomerang back and go get some stuff that I have been craving that I have just had to drop off cold turkey probably. Right. Right. And that's what happened. It wasn't because, Oh, my body just stopped burning fat this week. Like, sorry. Um, (laughs) That's not true. So anybody who's seeing that and you see, especially you, you have to be very close to, your body's natural size for that type of plateau to happen. Cause we're talking week in, this, to week. in this bubble, right? Yep. But no, just in general, like for you to, for you to be any of these weights that these people were, you're going to lose with that level of exercise more than two pounds a week, three pounds a week for anybody to not lose three pounds a week with that level of exercise. It's because of, to, it's because of, but I'm saying it, it's because of nutrition. It has nothing to do with your body stalling and your body, you know, these, all these kind of buzzwords and stuff. You start reading Instagram captions and, oh, you know, it's because of this. No, 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 no. Your beach, your, you were, her body wasn't in starvation mode. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's because they ate more than they were burning because of the habits were too extreme and they broke. And, I, and I'll tell you this, because it, it sounds like they're working out for like hours. I think they would do two a days at some point, but right. yeah. And least. so it, it, they're, they're going these long, drawn-out sessions. One, one of the contestants, one of the ladies actually said, if this, if this is what it takes to be skinny, I don't want to be skinny. I told you. That, that's then, exactly it. And now you have an unhealthy relationship with exercise. And then the, the trainer says, it's not about being skinny. It's about being healthy and fit. And so I was like, I, I appreciated him what correcting her about what what we're trying to do here, but her her initial outburst in the heat of, of I'm tired, I'm stressed, her initial outburst in the heat of I'm tired, I'm stressed, this is a lot was 
honest though, because a lot of people will get into a situation saying, I want this, I want this. And then when it's like, all right, do these things, it's all this. I got to do all this. Yeah. And I have to do this consistently. Yeah. If this is what it takes, maybe, maybe I'll, maybe I'll embrace my curves. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's that. I, that's I'm not, that. I'm not saying anything. You am not get. I'm not getting canceled. <laughs> He's trying to set me up. But no, but, but, but I'm saying that's, that's, that's the mindset a lot of people go into it with. Like, I, I'm doing this to be skinny. I'm doing this to be smaller. When yeah. in actuality, it's, 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 that's, that should be a byproduct of the reason you're doing it. Well, I think at, the, at that moment, that was just a person's uh, yeah. limited vocabulary in the world of fitness. Mm-hmm. So that they're not really, not really well versed enough to to differentiate. But I think she speaks for the masses, even in in that right. Because just like we said before, you know, they don't want to be healthy. They want to look the part, regardless if they're healthy or not. They want to look a certain yeah, way. Yeah, that's true. That's true. They don't want to, you know, put in the work to but, to but, get there and, and transform the other things. I guess what I'm what I'm doing is I, I I'm actually defending the contestants in this in this stance because and I'm not. The program, <laughs> the program is too extreme. Right, right, right. Especially for one week, two weeks, even eleven weeks in, you're not used to this, and it's too much. I mean, that's why I start people off slow, and that's why I've had a great deal of success with clients is because of the gradual incorporation of habits, so that they can master something add to the next, add, go to the next, but continue to hold on to the previous habit. And then also they can build and learn, build and learn. And then also their comfort level is, I'm pushing them out their comfort level, but not to the extreme of panic mode, not to the extreme of I'm, I'm losing my mind. I don't know what's going on. It's okay. I can do this. Okay, I can do this. That's the type of push that people need. But again, that's not good for TV because I don't work out like that, Ernest. Mm-mm. Today, today, I don't work out like that. I yeah. don't. I don't do that. I don't push myself to the brink of uh, the last time. You know, the last time I felt that way. But high school, college? No, no. Beat the trainer. Oh, beat the trainer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Beat when the you- trainer. Yeah. Because we were in a competition. We were competing. Yeah. We were we were pushing ourselves. And that was appropriate. Mm-hmm. But prior to that, there was no reason for me to do that. I mean, when I did the second time around and I was on the treadmill and it was, you know, it was only a 0.75 of the mile. And I, I mean, I can't remember what my pace was, but... That would have been when I did the math, it would have been like a 615 mile or something, right? Stupid. So, <laughs> I mean, there's people that run way faster than me, but yeah. that I had never, I had no reason to run and push myself that way. Right. And then go do push ups, sit ups, squats, or not sit ups, push ups, pull ups, squats, and then hop back on. But so that, that level of what they were feeling on that show, that's what I was feeling like, right. yo, in my head. And that's why that playlist was well-crafted. And, you know, I had, we were recording. So all these things are helping me push myself because I'm like, man, the, your, your mental, I don't care who you are, is going to go, 
you don't have to do this. <laughs> you can stop. You can stop. At any time. At any time, you can go ahead and sit down, brother. Just stop, man. Yeah, man. But I'm just going and I'm pushing and I'm pushing through. And that's something that for me, I've been there before. So I can kind of tap into that place and, and really push those thoughts away. Uh, so I'm able to do that. But I don't do that on a consistent basis. There's no reason for me to. And if somebody asks me to push myself like that, five days a week, seven days a week, every day for 11 weeks or something like that, I would be pretty upset as well. So is, has the show always been sponsored by this gym that sponsors it? Because these trainers kind of do what their commercials say people in the gym do. You know, those kind of that whole... Oh, well, uh, let me say the name. Uh, you know, the Purple Gym, Planet uh -huh. Fitness. I, I'm not sure. I don't think early in the seasons and previous seasons they were, but that takes me to another point. So because if you're not if you're not used to going to the gym, number one, you're not used to personal training. This might be the mentality that you think a personal trainer oh, yeah. will have with you. And right? you, can't, going, <laughs> you can't work out like that at Planet Fitness. <laughs> right, yeah. So lunk alert <laughs> get you kicked out. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was a good point. The irony. But yeah, Planet Fitness, we can do a whole show on that. It's a trap. I'll say that. I'll say Planet Fitness. It is. It's Star, it's Star Wars right there, right? Oh, yeah. It's a trap. Yeah, it is. Because to my knowledge, to the ones that I've seen, there are no free barbells. They don't want free barbells because people who lift free barbells are strong. And they know what they're doing. And they are intimidating to the demographic that Planet Fitness advertises to. And so they have Smith machines, which you can actually move some weight on, but also they have dumbbells. I believe a lot of the dumbbells maybe stop at six, 50, 60 pounds, maybe. Uh, they have preloaded barbells, kind of like the easy curl ones and other things. So you're, you're really saying that there's a strength level, the, uh, a strength limit. There's a strength, a strength limit. They're like, if you're stronger than this, you don't need to be here. Because if, if, if you're looking to lift over 60 pounds with dumbbells, then you don't need to be here. You know, I, I don't know if there's other Planet Fitnesses where the weights go up to 100 pounds, but I really don't think so. Because when you really go in there, there's a sea of cardio equipment, ellipticals, treadmills, bikes, and then all stair steppers probably. And then there's a lot of machines. And they even have their own circuits that are set up to where people, they want you to go machine to machine. They do have the cables, assisted pull-up and stuff like that, but they're not there for anybody who really has experience and knows what they're doing. So, it, and the sad part is to have the most efficient workout, you do need to incorporate barbells. You're, you're not going to find a, a high-level fitness routine that doesn't incorporate barbells mm -hmm. really really for strength you can do other stuff there's kettlebells and all that other stuff yeah you can mix that in but just to actually build strength and to really do it efficiently barbells are are, are pretty important so basically they, they have they have said we don't want that type of person in our gym and if somebody were to design a gym right don't you think they know what they're doing yep i would imagine so so it's intentional mm. <laughs> he's intentional so they're intentionally keeping you away from the stuff that you need to keep you there and i've been to planet fitnesses i've talked to people who work there planet fitness is kept in business by the people who don't go mm. now there's a lot of gyms that can say that in terms of you know they they, they want people because once you once you're paying monthly they don't care if you show up or not but you take planet fitness 
rate is so low, what you pay, you see the commercials, a dollar down, a quarter down. I don't know. There's, there's always something dirt cheap, right? And then right. they probably have these small add-ons if you want to try the tanning beds and all this other stuff that they add on. But most people are not paying more than $10 a month for Planet Fitness membership. Right. If you don't go, does that bother you? Probably a bigger hassle to cancel it. Exactly. And then you <laughs> always in your mind say, I'll go next month. Right. I'll, get, I'll go again. Right. Well, cancellation fee is $50. I'm like, ah, I give them 10 I got three more months to try to get my yeah. mind right before I decide if I want to cancel. Yeah, so, yeah. so they keep you, they keep you going because you kind of convince yourself, oh, I can go back. I mean, it's the same price as Netflix. I don't really track how much I watch Netflix. I probably have, I don't know, maybe not a month, but maybe three weeks at least where, not, where I haven't watched something on Netflix and it didn't bother me. So when you have thousands and thousands of people at each Planet Fitness that just don't show up, it keeps them in business. And these are people who are not the fit people. These are not the people who are doing other things per se to where they're, you know, I was, I was doing all these other things and now I'm coming back to the gym. These are people who, this is an entry level gym because what happens is, and what should happen if you, you go to Planet Fitness for a little while, then you realize and start to learn about fitness and then you go, all right, this is not the best place for me. It's not the best environment for me because there's a lot of other starters and beginners and people who actually buy into uh, the commercials, the, the lunks and all that stuff that really don't exist. So, so if you stay there for too long, then you stop growing. You shouldn't really be in, we've talked about this in other episodes. Nobody's looking at you when you're in the gym. They don't care. So if you stay at this small gym because you don't want, you're, you're not prepared to go to the big gym yet. You're, you're, you're not, putting yourself in a position, you know, the phrase, don't be the smartest person in the room. You need to go to another room to where you can learn to where even from a subconscious level, just compare yourself to more fit people. And then you're going to push yourself into doing that. So that, that, that's my purple gym rant. Uh, but they are associated with the, with the new season of this show. And, uh, you know, they, they, they tell these people who get eliminated that they continue to work out at home using the purple gym and, yeah, they probably were better off going to other places. <laughs> but they give them, they give them the, uh, so if you do get eliminated, they do give you, uh, I think, a year membership to uh, the Purple Gym, as you so eloquently. $120. They <laughs> <laughs> broke the it, bank with that one. <laughs> and, then they, and then you get a personal trainer for that time. And then they put, then they also set you up with a support group in your area. So if you need, uh, you know, those different sessions yeah. with, yeah. you know, like-minded I, people to help you get through some like of your to other see, issues. Yeah, I would like to see how much support they continue to offer post show, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. because it's such a small, such a small sample of time to where these people really need this going after. Uh, right. I don't know if Erica and Steve Cook are still keeping in contact with these folks, or they uh, right. <laughs> cut it, move, kept it moving. <laughs> Kept it moving, kept it moving. But th there were some real... My office hours are 9 Listen. to 5. <laughs> and there will be a $75 charge <laughs> per hour. But no, but they were, like I said, like I mentioned earlier, they're, they're real issues, um, especially nutrition-wise, that, that they have and, and that they discuss, like, um, and like triggers. I think that was another good thing they talked about. They talked about what types of things trigger you 
to to eat and to do things. And some people say like, just getting in a car is a trigger. When I get into a car, I'm going to, I want to stop and get a soda. I want to stop at a, uh, a gas station and buy a bag of chips. So just getting into a car is a trigger for them because they want to snack while they're in the car, right? Some people have issues at home, right? So going home is a trigger. So after work, I go to a restaurant and sit there for a couple hours, eat, eating bar food until my spouse, until I know my spouse is probably about to go to sleep. So now I go home because I want to avoid any potential drama with that. So all these types of things, you know, have to be cleaned up in their life before they can really truly get get where they want to be. Question, did the show help them clean that up? They they did. So they were, they were, they talk about that. So they're like, you have to. But through experience. Right. If you're in, if you're on location, you're on the campus. Mm Mm-hmm you're not dealing with those issues head on when you have the most support. Right. And that's the dangerous part. They're not going through it for a significant amount of time to really readjust in those environments. It's kind of towards the tail end. So you're the great points that those, I mean, everybody has those things in life that they have to overcome and navigate through. But unfortunately, when you're trying to change the mindset of somebody, you need to you need to put them okay it, it's just like training an athlete why is home court advantage an advantage because you're your fans it has nothing to do with the fans comfortability is that a word oh definitely a word. <laughs> <laughs> yes because you you're familiar mm-hmm. you're, you're fam- you practice on that court that's your court you're you slept in your own bed you the fans are a factor they're in your favor so you're getting the positive energy but everything is familiar Mm -hmm. so you've had adversity here versus that one place you've never been or you go there once per season and now that adversity is new there Mm -hmm. and that's a big part of training to where if you're if you're going to be an athlete you need to be prepared that's why you show up early and you do a walkthrough. You know, think about when uh, the final four and they play in these football stadiums, right? Mm-hmm. And then they have, they get to practice there for several days because they have to adjust to that arena. They have to adjust to having so much space behind the backboards and having the type of crowd. And uh, sometimes the benches are like below the, the uh, court, right? You've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's all these things that have to, that are different. And you can't just say, well, hey, you've been doing well with all this stuff in this controlled environment and then throw them back into their own environment. New person, same environment doesn't work. You need to walk through those steps with them during that time. And if we could get if you get a little bit more of that, then that would probably leave them better off long term to where. Do you think a better premise for the show could be like biggest loser? Houston, you find people in Houston where you can train people where they are while they're in their environment, mixing and mingling with their their. <laughs> so I'm giving out them ideas. <laughs> right. So so, but that's the thing. And another, so I, I hear what you're saying, and I and I, I completely agree. I think that would that could definitely be a uh, another factor in finding long term success. 
having them kind of transform in their ecosystem. Look at look at a show that we've discussed off air before. Guilty pleasure alert, marriage at first sight. Ah. They do a regional thing because mm-hmm. they return them to they they give them an apartment so they live together, but mm-hmm. they put them right back in their home city, they go back to their jobs and they learn and that's the bulk of the relationship, right? Right. To, to yep. the decision day. They say, "Hey, you need to figure out all these things with your partner before you decide." They don't keep them on the honeymoon uh, retreat <laughs> for seven, eight weeks. They get to learn each other. Everything's, you know, rosy and, you know, they're so romantic. And then they right. get thrown back into real life for two weeks. Mm-hmm. That, that wouldn't work. So, so that's, that's, that's kind of reality contrast right there to right. where uh, that's how it should work. But that doesn't always make good TV, I guess. Right. But I think the way they try to mirror that in a way is that they initially they set, separate you into teams right and so that team becomes your family they become your motivating factor <laughs> Stop right it. They, no 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 but but no but, but serious I, I felt that i felt like they really bonded in that like especially people who lasted a long time i felt like those those no, they, nu- they, those nucleuses actually helped them right and so so some people who were they might have lost the least amount of weight for the episode, right? But their team picked them up and and allowed them not to be eliminated because their team won that competition or whatever. And so someone from the other team got eliminated, right? And so although that person might have lost more weight than the the lowest on the other team, they still got they still had to go home because their team overall didn't lose as much as much weight or as much percentage of body weight. And and so that's a I feel like something about that is a fallacy too in in the in the whole programming but it shows that you in order to be successful there needs to be people around you that's going to help you and push you in to move you in that right direction also right so i think that team environment because a lot of them have never been on a team a lot of them never played sports they never had to they never experienced you know other people relying on you to do something athletic or to come through in that type of a situation. And I think a lot of that, I think some of that helped some people because they saw an inner strength in them that they didn't know that they had. And, and being relied on to do something athletic brought pride to some people, brought a sense of confidence to some people. And I think that a lot of what obesity does for people is it, it makes them feel less confident, right? It makes them feel less than, but to be in a situation where you can be lifted up despite your outward appearance, I think that that really builds confidence that really built confidence in a lot of them. So when their body did change, that confidence kind of stayed with them and went along with them. Yeah, I agree with that. The team aspect, the camaraderie, like, yeah, that, that, that's a huge part of it. They have people who can relate to them, people that they formed bonds with. Uh, they were kind of, you know, quote unquote, in the trenches with somebody and that that builds uh, character. I mean, I still have teammates that might not talk to them for the whole year, but we might reach out or something via social media or text. And then it's just like old times because we've we've had a battle, per se, before. You know, we, we've had situations, whether it be on the court, on the team bus, on whatever. It's where we, we've gone through a process with people. And. That's similar to a fraternity, a sorority, uh, 
on the job training, you know, there's, if you started a job at the same time as somebody, you kind of have a bond with them. You guys can remember when you both trained and learned the process together, you might be in completely different departments or something, but it's like, Hey man, we, we started this together. So Gilbert Arenas and Javaris Crittenton, you got a bond. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Teammates. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm not denying the, the, the fact of that, but what I'm saying is that doesn't help you once you, go into the real world like uh micah drinking <laughs> wait, 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 wait 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 i'm not denying the bond but that ain't gonna help you in the real <laughs> it doesn't micah has a has a drinking problem he has issues with his mom right yeah that's this is real. what they showed yeah how does he prepare to deal with that if he's not dealing with it he's just going back to that same environment 70 pounds lighter and have been sweating and working out for three weeks or four weeks. But he has not been in that environment with coaching for a long period of time. So you have to be thrown in that fire and then learn, adjust, fail, readjust, and then you can have some success. And if you don't get that length of time and it's over before you can fully do those, that process, you're more likely to fail. That's all I was saying. But it, I mean, he could, yeah, he probably could call. It seemed like him and his coach, Steve, made a good bond. Uh, he mm-hmm. had other people that bonded. Yeah, he could reach out to them, call them, message them, all those different things that were there. But until he's looking that problem in the face, when it's when it's 11:59, and he's in the in the grocery store or whatever he what was he in texas he's in alabama right alabama boy yeah yeah. and and he or he's out with friends and he's fighting the urge to have that drink or something stressing him out and he wants to overeat and drink again there's nothing that could prepare you for that until you're in that moment and then you have to be in that moment over and over again to prove that you've learned you know what was mike tyson's Quote, everybody has a plan so they get punched in the face. Yeah, man. You gotta get you gotta, you gotta get punched in the face. Don't tell me how great your plan is. Hey man, you did a great job. You were at the facility for eight weeks. Here's the plan. Have a good one. Doesn't work. No. Yeah. Because reality hits. I, I think the, the best thing you just said was you have to be in that situation, figure out how you're gonna deal with it, um, adjust fail and then readjust yeah a lot of people fail and then they give up yep but you can't you can't give up you have you have to understand that you are going through a a metamorphosis right (laughs) you're going through a change right you are you are a caterpillar in a cocoon you have to come out that butterfly right and so in order to do that there's going to be Along this journey, you're going to stumble. You're going to fall. You're going to, you're going to cheat on your your diet, quote unquote, right? Um, outside of the uh, outside of any you know planned cheat days, right? You're going yeah. to you these things are going to happen. You're going you're you're going to plateau, but you can't give up in those moments. You have to persevere through those things. You have to figure out, okay. This is what I, this is what happened. This is why it happened. What can I do so that this does not continue to happen? 
right? And you have to be real introspective in those moments um, because you, you see a lot of people that go through it and they're like, you know, I, I gained weight. Oh, well, why did you gain weight? I don't know. I don't know what happened. I, I'm doing the same thing I did last week or the week before. And, well, you got to know. That's the thing. You can't, you can't not know why these things are happening to you. You have to track, you know, what you're kind of, con- what you're consuming, especially early in the game. If this, if you're making that transition, really hone in on kind of what you're, what you're consuming and well, when you're consuming it, right. Maybe you have to, maybe you even have to go further about, you know, your emotional state when you're consuming these things, right. Are you eating when you're happy? Are you eating when you're sad? Are you eating when you're angry or frustrated? Are these things that are triggering you to, to you know, consume consume food in general, not just good food or bad food, but just food? Just, is that, are these things triggering you to eat something? Yeah, yeah. Right. So we, we need to be, we, I think one of the biggest things that I've learned is, you know, eat when you're hungry. That should be the emotional trigger for you to eat. You know, when, when you're hungry, that's when you eat. There's going to be cake and stuff in front of you. So, yeah, there's going to be times where you're going to eat to celebrate things. But for the majority of your days, you should be eating when you're hungry. <laughs> These well, other emotions- well, I mean, if you have structured eating, you should actually be eating prior to being hungry. It's okay to have a little bit of a, you know, depending on what's going on, a, a small, everybody has a different interpretation of hunger, but you don't really want to wait until you're hungry. And that's where a lot of these people have fallen into the trap, you know, in terms of what you talked about, the, the barbecue uh, conversation that they had to where a lot of people, they're not eating all day. What they're doing is they, they quote unquote, get caught up in life. They're so busy during the day, right? They may have a small thing here or there. They're not planned. There's no plan. And then in the evening, they come home, they're hungry. And that's when they get the business <laughs> and they say, well, I haven't ate all day. You know, that's, that's the kind of the little trick that they give themselves. And then they eat cause they're hungry. And when you're hungry, you make poor decisions, you eat faster than you need to, and you probably eat more than you need to. And you make a quick, easy decision. So a lot of people are, they're, they're overeating calorie wise, but they're not eating all day. So, so for somebody to wait till they're hungry, depending who you are, is actually, you know, that might, that might be a, a detriment because then it puts them in a position to where, you know, they turn to the Tasmanian devil <laughs> and they're, they're, they're wrecking shop in that kitchen. So. Right. But that, I think that, that was me. That was, that was my MO as far as, you know, not eating all day, not eating a lot of food throughout the course of my day. Just, you know, wake up in the morning and you have, go to work, you hit the vending machine, you get you a honey bun and a soda, right? Crazy, right? <laughs> and then lunch, lunchtime comes around and you're busy at your desk. You're like, man, I, I'm too busy. I can't really stop working right now. Let me just go grab a bag of chips, right? And then you get home at the end of the day, you're like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm starving. I haven't ate all day. It's, it's late. I don't feel like cooking. Let me, I'll stop by this fast food restaurant and get a, you know, double bacon burger and a large fry, you know? I ate three times that day, right? But for breakfast, I had 250 calories in a drink, another 200 calories in a, yeah, in a, in a honey up. bun. Right, so that's, you know, that's 450 calories for, for breakfast. And then lunch, I had another 500 calories with a bag of chips. And then dinner, I had 1,600 calories, you know? And so all that adds up and none of it is 
it's good food. Nothing is nutrient dense, right? Nothing is going to sustain me for long periods of time, but it's just a bunch of calories, throwing a bunch of calories in my body and then not really exercising at all or not exercising at all, except for walking to my car and and walking in the house. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. that's kind of where I was, where it was like, I'm putting on all this weight, but I'm not, I don't eat a smorgasbord of food. I don't go to buffets all the time. I don't do, I don't do all these, all these stereotypical things that we think of with, um, you know, overweight people. I'm not sitting in my room with the deep fryer next to my bed. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's not what's happening with me. So what, why, why, what's going on? And so I really had to really figure out what I was doing wrong and, and make those changes, you know? Yeah. Could, could you relate? later in the show to where uh where some of these people were uh you know the last maybe two episodes and where these people are starting to really uh see the changes when they've been reintroduced to their families uh could you could you relate to that the the biggest thing i felt like i related to was when they they sat around the table and they watched a video and the video was them on the first day oh yeah yeah that was a good exercise talking talking to them now and to see them 11 weeks prior and them now was um, astonishing, right? It was like, they put in a lot of work. They, they've lost a lot of weight. Like, and you can see the emotion on them when they look at that person on the video, they're like, who is that person? Who is that guy? And, and I feel, I feel that now when I go back and I see old pictures of me from two years ago, it's like that, that was me. Yeah. He, he is me. I am him. (laughs) <laughs> it's crazy to it's crazy to see and it's, it's humbling in a sense because and there's a sense of pride too right because it's i know where i was i know how i got there but i know where i am now i have the tools to continue to get better and then to maintain that level of of fitness right and so and i see the amount of of effort that i put in not only for myself but for my family and then you kind of get emotional with it a little bit because you understand how the process in which you did it, like these, these folks did over 11 weeks. Right. And you kind of said how it was maybe not the healthiest way to do it. Maybe not the the best way to do it, but I feel like my process, um, which might not be for everybody, but for me, I felt like it was, it was a path that I needed to take. Right. It was the, it was the, it was the path that really showed me how to do it the right way because in the beginning, I tried to cut corners. I tried to, you know, see how many, like we said, see how many Doritos I could eat and still, you know, drop weight, right? Yeah. I tried to see how many, you know, fish sticks I can get in and still drop weight, you know, all these types of things. And it was like, okay, what do I need to change in order to be consistent in this, but still enjoy my life, right? Yeah. What, what do I need to change in order to make me a better person, make my make my family healthier, but still enjoy life, right? And so incorporating those things in a in a in the order that was necessary for me to get to where I needed to be right now was important. And I think that was the I think this is that's the best way to do it. And so seeing them see their former self allowed me to reflect on where I was mm-hmm. and allowed me to reflect on 
how it could have been so much worse if I didn't make the changes when I did make the changes. And we talked about this, like I said, on the previous episode where, you know, the coronavirus is, is really affecting people who are in an unhealthy state, people who have pre-existing conditions, people who have these, who are susceptible to these respiratory issues. And being a bigger person, you're more susceptible to those things, right? So at 400 pounds in a pandemic, I am, I am at a higher risk of if I was to catch something or to get sick, yep. of not, not really not making it through. Right. And so you never know when, you know, the world is going to change. Uh, you never know when uh, circumstances are going to change. I never wanted to be pre-diabetic or have type 2 diabetes. I never want to have to have my family deal with me having a stroke or a heart attack and having to, you know, be in that situation where they have to rush me to some type of emergency room or call 911 because I didn't take care of myself the way I was supposed to. Yeah. I don't want my son to have to deal with daddy not being here because daddy didn't take care of himself the way he needed to take care of himself. I don't want that to be the reason that to be the thing that triggers him to be healthy. Right. I don't want, I don't want him to be, I don't want him to grow up being healthy. And people say, man, why do you go to gym all the time? Because my dad died of a heart attack at 34. I don't want that. I don't want that to be his motivating factor. I want him to, I want them to say, Hey, why do you go to gym all the time? Oh, because my dad always worked out and it's fun. I enjoy it. I like being healthy. I like doing these things. It, it help. It helps me feel better about myself, my life. And, you know, those, types. I want him to enjoy those things, not because there was some type of traumatic situation yeah. in the past. Right. And so, and sitting back and, and like you said, I go back and I look at old pictures of myself and it's just, I'm amazed at the transformation. I'm, I'm I'm truly amazed at transformation. And then um, sometimes I have to double take because I'm like, is that me? And it is. This, this, <laughs> this is definitely yeah. me. But it's the person I am now is in those pictures because I feel like I, I'm I'm the same in a lot of ways. But in a lot of ways, I'm I'm vastly different. You know, yeah. my mind my mindset is different. Right. I have the same personality. I'm still that goofy guy. I'm still going to try to make a joke in, you know, in a, in a probably in a serious position. My wife would tell you that right now that I, I'm not serious enough sometimes. But but yeah. but when it comes to making the right choice for as far as, you know, nutrition is concerned and as far as, you know, making sure that I, I am working out when I need to work out and really and pushing myself. Right. Not just working, not just working out to go through the motions, but really doing things when people aren't around. Like I wake up in the morning, I come down to the basement and I work, I work, I work, I work. If my wife is down here with me, then we work together. If she, if she's not, then I'm going to work by myself and I'm going to work and I'm going to work. I'm going to, it's, it's not going to be no fake sweat. It's not going to be no going through the motions just to check off some boxes. Like if I'm going to do this, I'm going to try to get the most out of it because it's not fun all the time, right? No, can't be. Yeah, it's not fun all the time, but it has to get done, right? And so um, I haven't always enjoyed the process along the way, but I've I've always enjoyed the results, right? And so, and with that, I know that I'm going to continue to trust the process because the process has brought me the results that I that I want, and so. Uh, 
and that and that's that's the beauty of it i think uh there was there were times where my physician even even you know after an appointment he would hand me a pamphlet about gastric bypass and those types of things is like like it, if i'm going to do it i don't want to do it that way you know i ne- i never wanted to do it that way right and so and even and again having them say that i always in my mind was like oh, i got time but like when they when they telling you listen we can we can make your stomach smaller and help you out here. Yeah. <laughs> like, so what, what they were saying was um, you're having trouble controlling yourself. Yes. And what we can do is give you some control. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with, mm-hmm. with the changes that you're saying that you, you've seen in your habits, your mentality, uh, your, your, your willpower, you're stronger inside. inside. <laughs> inside. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And that, and that's and I'm telling you, and that's and that's really the the key, because again, when you when you live with someone else, a wife, a child. Right now, I'm currently living at at I'm back at we're, we're building the house. I mentioned that before, so I'm back home with my I'm living with my mom in your mom's basement. Loser. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest loser. <laughs> the biggest loser. Yeah. Um, so, so, so with that, you have you have temptations of you know. There's three other people around you that want to do things kind of their own way. Even, even you know, even my son being you know he's four, so he has his own mind. Of course, we can say yes and no to things that he wants to do, but still, he you know wants certain things. And so, having that in your having that willpower is important because people don't always want to do what is quote unquote right or do the, the right thing. Sometimes some people, sometimes people want to kind of deviate off, off the path because they want to, you know, enjoy things, but understanding your goals. You can, I used to not be able to say no to let's order pizza. Right now I can be like, well, it's Tuesday. I know you're, I know you're, you're tired and you don't want to cook. I'll cook because I know having pizza today and tomorrow is not going to be good because there's always leftover pizza, right? So having pizza today and tomorrow is not the best. Let's order pizza Saturday. I'll go ahead and cook tonight. As a matter of fact, I'm going to make enough so we can have lunch tomorrow too, right? And so previously it was like, oh, oh you don't want to cook? I'm not cooking. Let's call Domino's, right? Yeah. yeah. But now it's like, no, I just I'll just cook. And so, and I think the other day, uh, I was I was hungry, so I was gonna I was like, ah, what are we gonna eat? What are we gonna eat? She's like, I don't know, um, but I'm about to go take a shower. That's what she said. I don't know, but I'm about to take a shower. So I was like, okay. So you my son, I, right? So I, I so so I, I cooked for my son, and then uh, I was like, ah, what are we gonna eat? So I, I threw together something real quick, some vegetables. Um, some chicken and some rice, right? Um, little soy sauce, little fried rice, something like that, right? So she comes out, she comes out um, from her shower, and she's like, uh, "She, I got her her plate already made, about the about the grub." She's like, "Oh, you cooked?" I said, "Yeah." She was like, "Oh, I was, I was going to get a bowl of cereal or something." I was like, "Well, look at look at look at God, <laughs> I saved you from the sugary treat." Yeah, but so, but that's that's the thing. So you have to, you know, and and some and it's a, it's a give and take, right? So sometimes that's me, 
Yeah. And then she yeah. has to pull me along and say, no, you're not doing that today. Let's, let's go do this. I got you. Right. And so it's not, um, and so that, that's where that support system comes in from. Right. And so that's why it's important, um, you know, to have those teammates in life, right. Cause every, every, your life isn't the biggest loser. Your life isn't a TV show where they're going to bring people around you that all want to go in the direction that you're trying to go. People are going to be pulling you in all different types of ways, but you, but you have to set those boundaries right amongst your friends and amongst your family. So they know that, Hey, I'm going to try to pull Ernest back to the bar. I'm going to try to pull him back to the chicken wings. I'm going to try to pull him back here. But once Ernest tells me, no, you know, once I might try again, but once he tells me no second time, let them know they need to respect those, those things about you or you need to make a change, right. Or you need to make a change. And then, you know, sometimes you might have to cut people off for a period of time because you need to focus on yourself if you're in that type of a situation, right? So, because a lot of people will call that selfish. A lot of people will call that, um, you know, um, you know, you're trying to be standoffish or you've changed and those types of things. Well, yes, I have changed. <laughs> and that's okay, right? Because you're in a position where you can do those things. You are, you know, in a healthy BMI, you know, maybe you work out, maybe you, maybe you do these types of things and I wasn't. And so in order for me to get to a place where I can do these things with you again, I need to remove those from me so I can focus on myself. There's many people I haven't talked, I haven't seen face to face in probably two years. Yeah. It is, it is, it is not pandemic related, right? It's, Ernest is really focusing on, on Ernest right now. Ernest is focusing on uh, his family right now. Ernest is focusing on really um, honing in and getting himself into a position where he can sustain, right? And so it takes that to working on yourself and really separating yourself from a lot of things and sometimes people in order to reach your maximum potential. Definitely. And they might not have been detriments to you, but they, it's, it's just, you know, it's uh, like Rocky. When Rocky went to the, when he went to the mountains, right? I don't know what, remember what Rocky it was. When Rocky he fought four, Draga, Rocky four. You know, you, ha- you got to leave the city and go to this place where it's just you, blinders, and work, right? And you got to put in that work. So you're running through the snow and uh, chopping wood. Listen, I can't wait for December to get some running through the snow pitches, man. I'm gonna be out here. I got, I got, I got all the hoodies and everything ready to go. <laughs> all right, good. Those are good points, man. Those, those are all good points. Uh, it, it's a mentality shift that is needed. The stuff just, just doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen in eleven weeks. It doesn't happen in sixteen weeks. It takes time, and then you have to fail, and then you have to get back up. Failing is when you stop trying. So it's it's not really even it's you just you just have to struggle. You go through the fire and then you become better off at the end. So uh experience is the best teacher. So you always have to get that experience, get the ball rolling. Uh like we said, you th- those people had to get back in the real world to find out and face those real problems. Uh so it, it's it's a good show. I know most people have probably checked it out here or there. This season was pretty good. There was a Looking at the end results, we won't tell you who wins, but looking at the end results, and this is a podcast, we're both black men, we like to touch on 
we like to touch on things that are affecting our community. You know, the, we, we speak on all things, but of course, you know, if we can make a difference in our community, uh, we always are open to do that, right? That's something that I like to do. That's something that I know that you that you look to do. There was something that was disheartening and then also not surprising, but it's something that we as a community have to work on. If we look at the bottom four, so out of 12 people in this contest, the bottom four were, there, there were only four, or excuse me, there was only three African-Americans in this whole contest, right? All three of them finished in the bottom four in terms of weight loss. And then the, the fourth one was a woman, she was in her mid, mid 50, she was in her, she was 58. So we had, we had one guy who was six, eight. I mean, he played college football at some point, And then there was two other uh, black women. And the, the person that I talked about early on, that she lost 17 pounds. And this was a woman in the, she was 357 pounds to start. And she lost 17 pounds. Now they weren't on the show the whole time. This was the only the amount of time they were on, right? Um, but still, the, 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 that shouldn't be the case for us. And this is something that we have to open our eyes and say, are we identifying as this size and we're not doing something about it? Are we not taking this seriously? Are we not understanding the severity of uh, the life or death circumstances? Like what's going on when you're in, in the maximum controlled environment where everything is pretty much put for you to succeed? And you still don't, I mean, if you're at the bottom four, you performed the worst out of everybody involved. And that's something that we have to open our eyes and go, what's going on? Did you have more things? And, and everybody has their reasons. And each particular person has specific reasons to why they struggled. So, uh, but we can't have this. We can't have this. We have to look at this and say, what's going on? That, that it's, just, it's, just, it's just not something that we could continue because we've done the other episode where we talked about uh, the statistics of Americans, Black Americans. We talked about how uh, regardless of class, there are some things that just kind of just went over no matter who you are, no matter what uh, income that you had, education level, there was still a high obesity rate that really didn't uh, move the needle. And then we have a show like this. And then this kind of represents what we've been saying to where we have people who are in this state. And then when they're giving you as much help as possible, you're not putting your best foot forth or there's other factors involved that are stopping you. So it's not to beat up on these people that finished at the bottom, but we we have to look at our brothers, our sisters, our moms, our aunts, our uncles, our children, our cousins, and say, hey, man, this this is not something that you have to go through. This is not something that should be synonymous with being Black. This is something that is a choice. And you can break it and you can get out of this situation. You've done it yourself, Ernest. So by you putting forth your best foot and saying, I can get out of this, I have control over this. And I, I mean, I know we've talked about this before, but until this point, you kind of always have identified as big. 
looking at your gamer tags, looking at the stuff that you've added, you know, nicknames and, you know, you put a nickname on the back of a shirt and stuff like that. For as long as I can remember, you've used that word big, big E, big this, big, right? So that was what you identified as. We don't have to identify as that. And I know it's hard if you've always been that way, but we got to start looking at each other and say, hey, You don't have to live like this. You don't have to go through this. These are habits and things that can be changed. And I want to hold myself accountable. I'll help you hold yourself accountable. And we can do this because there's no reason for out of 12 people, the bottom four, three of them to be us, the only ones on the show. And all of them came from different walks of life. Two women, one guy, one guy, six foot eight, 400 pounds. And if you look at it, he had the ability to really win this contest. He, he had the experience. He had been there before. Uh, he had the size in his favor. And he wasn't uh, an older person. Um, and it was just like he had it right there in his hands. So we have to really take a look and say, what's going on in our homes, in our conversation? Uh, what are we taking lightly? What are we, uh, what are we joking about that maybe should be more serious? Because this show is an eye opener to some. And for me, it kind of just proves the statistics and stuff that we talked about because it, that we can't have that. We can't have that. And that, and that's becoming more consistent and becoming the trend. And we could do a whole nother show on why those things are there and maybe the images and the things that are fed to us uh, to where we are just accepting that and saying, oh, this is who I am. Knowing that it's killing me, knowing that it's killing you, you just say, this is who I am. Mm. So by us having this podcast, by us doing some of the other stuff that we're doing that we'll show, that's why we're doing this. So that our communities and people can say, it, we, we need more people who are non-athletes to be fit. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, LeBron's fit. Cool. He gets millions of dollars to be an athlete. What about your Uncle Paul, <laughs> who just has a nine to five? Is this Rich Paul? Or? <laughs> I'm, I'm just like, you should, you should be doing something, you know? Right, you right. should be doing something. And we have to find a way to get our community more active, get our community's relationships better with food, and really have an understanding of what's going on. So I'm working on some things on that. I know you, just, just being alive, Ernest, are influenced to so many people that you don't even know. People who might just come across your social media and see it. And they say, he looks like me and he did it. Or there's somebody who's younger than you. Or somebody saying, okay, it's possible. And there's no reason for me to stay in this state. And you're going against the grain. You know, you're not posting <laughs> your plates <laughs> of, of fried foods and everything and, and, saying, and gl- gl- glorifying that on your social media. You're saying, okay, this is, this is what I enjoy. This is what I glorify. And you, that's that slow change that makes a big change. So that was just the, the, the side note and the, the other takeaway of this show that I noticed. And it, was, it wasn't surprising. It was just a little heartbreaking. And we, we, that was, that, that's my PSA. We got to do a little bit better because this show shines a light on that. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I witnessed that also. I felt that also watching the show. It felt like 
especially Robert, the uh, the 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 guy who was six eight. I definitely felt when I first watched that he could he could definitely go a long way in the show, and so it was surprising to see you know how he uh, was eliminated. But it was it was interesting because the, the comment I said earlier about you know if if it's if it's all this to be skinny, I don't want to be skinny. That was said by one of one of one of the uh, one of the women, right? One of the black women, and so it was like it kind of made me feel kind of made me feel a certain type certain way about it. But again, I understood the mentality, but I I guess I just you know you hope for for more for for better, right? But again, like you said, it might just it could have been a, a limited vocabulary about you know health and fitness and things like that. But I hope that after the show. I hope that they were able to, at, at a minimum, learn some things that they can um, take with them for the rest of their life. Uh, hope, hopefully that, that 17 pounds or that, that 30 pounds or whatever was just the, the start of something. Yeah. Um, you well, know, when they when I, they did the finale, hopefully there, there's been more progress uh, since then. I did. I checked on their, I checked on their social media accounts mm-hmm. uh, to see if they were continuing. And Robert was down to 318 so he's lost almost 100 pounds he okay. started off at 409 right and then phi or was it c phi i believe Fi, I don't know. okay uh she was it, in her profile said down 56 and she started okay. at 357 so you know she's probably just right at the 300 mark so mm-hmm. that's that's progress they've they've stuck with it they've stuck with it and they've said that I'm going to continue this in the long term mm-hmm. so I was happy to see that and uh you know that that matters that's what matters most mm-hmm. I was not able to find the other uh young lady Dol- Dolores I believe mm-hmm. um, but hopefully she's doing the same yeah yeah but the person I felt the most proud of or I rooted for the hardest was was Micah. And the reason was because Micah was the youngest. So I feel like Micah had the most life ahead of him to really affect change on on Pete on his environment around him, right? Okay. Um and to and to really change his life. Because at twenty three, me and Micah might have we probably weighed about the same when we were when we were both twenty three. Yeah. Right. But Micah made that is making that change at 23, and I waited till 35 to really start making it. Well, not 35. I waited till about 33 to really start making that change. And so he has he had a 10 year head start on me. And so I wish that at 23, I saw what I needed to do and made those changes then. Um, but so. I, I rooted for Micah a lot. I was proud of Micah um, for, for you know, the dedication and the, the perseverance he showed throughout the process. And so um, I really, I really f- saw myself in him um, as a young person and really wanted him to um, really go far in the competition. Yeah. No, he definitely did. And he he was the favorite, I felt like, because he he did have some things on his side. He had youth, he had his metabolism. He was a he's not a small person either. He was a bigger guy. So he was able to to really push himself towards uh competing for that for that grand prize. Mm-hmm. So uh and then he really did open up <laughs> open up and, and share his his struggles and things mm-hmm. that, that were really affecting him. So uh he, he did have an inspirational story and you, you 
watching it, you can't help but kind of root for him. Right. Yeah. Yeah, man. So uh, if they do it again, I'll probably check it out. Yeah, so, I would too. I would yeah, too. yeah. It's it's a quick quick watch. Uh, it's got some pros, it's got some cons to it. Just remember, it, it is TV, so that means that it is for entertainment, right. <laughs> entertainment purposes. <laughs> Hollywood magic. Sprinkle a little of that. Yeah, yeah. Not everything is done for efficiency. It's, mm-hmm. it's done for entertainment. And yeah, we're gonna wrap this one up. Until next time, we are out. Thank you for listening to the Stronger Inside Podcast. If you're listening on Spotify, follow us. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, then subscribe. Make sure you stay connected with us via social media on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Stronger Inside Podcast. Remember, every like, comment, and share spreads the message of health, fitness, and wellness. 